The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febctoday.org. As I look back, I, I wish I had kept a notebook on, on the people who came to see me because um, I could probably write another book, but it's too late now. But it's not too late for us to learn about mentoring from Warren Wearsby, who joins us now in conversation on First Person. Welcome. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and our interview with Dr. Wearsby begins in just a moment. In describing this program, I often say that some of the names of the people we talk with you'll recognize and some you won't, but everyone heard here has a story to tell of what God is teaching them about life and ministry. And these interviews are made possible by the Far East Broadcasting Company, who have more than a few millions actually of stories of lives changed by God using the programs heard on FEBC stations in nearly 50 countries of the world. Please thank FEBC for First Person by offering your support and prayers and visiting firstpersoninterview.com to learn more. You'll also find us at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Dr. Warren Wearsby is a beloved author and speaker, a former pastor who has authored scores of books helping us understand and apply biblical teaching. Today, he continues to mentor young Christian leaders from his home in Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, I'm still alive. I just had my 89th birthday, and um, the Lord has been good. My wife had a stroke, and oh. that was, that, that's been a difficulty for us, but mm-hmm. he's helping us through. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I haven't written anything since uh, ministering to the uh, uh, the idea of study, how to study the Bible so you can minister. Okay, that came out from David C. Cook, but it, it just it just came out. Yeah, talk a little bit about that uh, and about the motivation for doing that, and and uh, what kind of feedback are you getting? Well, the feedback's been good. It's just <laughs> people have. Uh, People have a tendency to imitate other people, and that's not good. We should be ourselves. Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean we should become, uh, you know, oblique and strange and different, but it does mean that God's given each of us gifts. Mm-hmm. And the way I handle the Word of God in the pulpit may not be the same way that you would do it or Dr. Sweeting would do it. So we have to find ourselves and know ourselves, develop ourselves and that is where mentoring comes in. Yeah. You know, I've always been taught that's true in radio, too. In, in announcer training, you, you learn from others, but you don't imitate others completely. You have hit the nail on the head. In fact, I've, I've met preachers and I've heard preachers who really are imitating somebody, and they can't do that. Be yourself, mm-hmm. your best self, your, your dedicated self. And... Um, God will use you in a great way. Do you write any differently today, given the times and the audience, than you did uh, years ago? Uh, when I started writing, well, I published my first book when I was 15 years old. <laughs> but when I started writing books for the for the church and for the Lord's work, um, there was a, a hungry crowd out there wanting to know, what is Paul talking about in Ephesians? What is John talking about over there in Revelation? 
it's not quite that way today. Um, I don't know how to explain what the changes are, but uh, publishing is not quite the same as it used to be. Mm-hmm. How about expository preaching? Has it changed? I hope not. Uh, I thank God for the people out there who are expounding the Word of God. I just praise God for that. But it, it can't be the way Spurgeon did it, when we can't do it the way uh, George Truett did it. We'd, let's learn from these men. Let's read their sermons, but let's be ourselves. Mm-hmm. What does expository preaching mean to you? What what does that mean? Well, my definition doesn't seem to agree with everybody else's. That's but, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, to me, an expository sermon is the opening up of the Word of God to people to share God's love. Now, there are some people who think the expository preaching is just simply explaining the Bible. Well, that's true. Uh, Harry Ironside did that for 18 years at Moody Church, and he'd just start with 1-1 and go through to the end of the book. And that's good. We need to have that. But there's another side to it. It has to be filtered through my mind and my heart. It's got to come realistically out of my life, because if it doesn't, I'm just giving a lecture. And, of course, the Holy Spirit is doing that in your life, so it, it really is a work of the Spirit. Exactly. The Holy Spirit of God teaches us, reminds us, and he helps us to apply the Word of God first to to our own lives and then to the lives of others. Well, Dr. Wiersbe, we spoke several years ago when this program was first beginning, uh, I think seven or eight years ago, actually, and that was a great delight to... uh, to tell the story of your life, and that program is still in the archive if people want to go back and biographically understand Warren Wearsby. But what got me thinking about this conversation was a friend of mine who was a pastor from another part of the, of the U.S. came to visit you, and on Facebook, he was just talking about what a wonderful time it was to spend with you. And I, I know you do that with many pastors, don't you? I try to. You see, when I was a young preacher, uh, I had so much to learn I was pastoring a church and going to seminary at the same time, and that's not easy. No. But there were three or four pastors in my area who uh, went to work for me. And if it weren't for them, I don't think I would have made it. Hmm. I might also add my wife was a great help Mm -hmm. to me. I feel sorry for those pastors who don't have uh, wives because... uh, they are such a help to us in, in, in learning and knowing. But early in my career, I, I felt it necessary to listen to the people who have grown up and have done the job. Yeah. I could call them up. I could stop and see them. They would lay aside what they were doing, listen to me, and then give me counsel and give me an assignment and say, now, go to work on this. And that's how I grew. So who did the reaching out? Did they reach out to you, or did you seek the help? I'm afraid I was a pest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to say that, but it's true. I I would uh, call them up and say, you know, I've got a problem here, and I'd explain it. And they'd usually say, okay, just drop everything and come on over, or let's have lunch together, or I'll see you in 10 minutes, whatever. 
and we'd get together. And they were so good to me that I determined that when I, if I should become a preacher that anybody else wanted to listen to, I would, first of all, mentor young preachers who were learning their way. They were faithful in telling you the truth. Were At the beginning now, were you always eager to hear the truth? Uh, I had to learn, to be honest. All of us, you know, there are in every church, and we young, we who are younger preachers, who were younger preachers, have to remember this. There were people in every church who bragged on you. You know, you are the grandson that they wish they had. You can't, you can't accept that. Mm-hmm. You can't accept that. You've got to let people wrap your knuckles <laughs> a little bit, or just say, "Now wait a minute, don't watch that out." I think the key text in our Bible is First Timothy four. Yeah, Paul and Timothy, uh, right? Uh, verses eleven through oh, what uh, sixteen where Paul is admonishing Timothy. And uh, he says to him, now these things that I've written to you, command and teach. In other words, the mentor must himself obey the word of God or herself and then share it with others. Mentoring is, is not conversation and a lot of fun. Mentoring is more like surgery (laughs) (laughs) or uh, having a good meal and then letting yourself exercise a little bit. And does this mentoring take place casually then, uh, or or is there a schedule that you keep or that you kept? It's both. Is it? Okay. For the most part, I would say to people, look, let's get together once a week. We can talk for an hour, and that'll be it. Bring your questions written out. Don't be wasting your time or mine. So I would I would meet with people, say, once a week. Sometimes it would be an emergency thing. They'd call me up and say, look, we just had a crisis in the church. I've got to come over. Okay, come on over. The, the, the key word is to be available. Secondly, to be yourself. Don't try to be a big hero uh, don't let them think they're talking to Charles Spurgeon or Billy Graham or somebody. Uh, be yourself. Uh, learn to laugh. There are times we have to really laugh at some things. And feel the hurts that other have, others have. As I look back, I, I wish I had kept a notebook on, on the people who came to see me because um, I could probably write another book, but it's too late now. We'll continue to be mentored by Dr. Warren Wearsby coming up in just a moment here on First Person. I decided to escape North Korea after listening to FEBC's broadcast. I was able to keep my faith firm by listening to your programs. Just one of millions of grateful people who listens to the Far East Broadcasting Company in her own language. You can sign up for a free online daily devotional from FEBC telling more listener stories while at the same time it encourages you from God's Word. Receive this online devotional without obligation when you visit firstpersoninterview.com. My guest is Dr. Warren Wearsby, Bible teacher, pastor, author, 
So many look up to Dr. Wearsby as someone who has mentored them either directly or indirectly uh, for many years, and that's why we wanted to talk about this topic here today. Uh, Dr. Wearsby, a few moments ago you said, Be Yourself as a Mentor. I think that would make a good book title, don't you? <laughs> well, probably it would. <laughs> I did, a, did an, uh, a biography of my autobiography and called it uh, Be Myself. Right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, there are guys who are mentors and women who are mentors who are just pressure pushers. Uh, they've got a system that worked for them. They think it'll work for you, but it may not. Hmm. For example, uh, here I'm going to take a very simple thing. Uh, we have to talk with young preachers and teachers about this matter of the devotional life. Uh, when I went to seminary, they assigned each student to one of the professors, and I was fortunate by the grace of God to be assigned to Dr. Lloyd Perry. Oh, yes. Lloyd Perry was a gifted, gifted preacher, a scholar, an author. God had used him in marvelous ways. I walked into his office and sat down, and he looked at me and said, well, welcome. It's nice to meet you. Tell me about your devotional life. Now, right away, I said to myself, hey, I like this guy. Uh, he's going to get down to, to the gut level because it's so easy just to have a fine conversation with somebody but accomplish nothing. So I told him about my devotional life. He said, sounds good to me. Keep it up. And off we went on something else. Do you spend more time listening or talking as a mentor? I don't know that you're going to measure it. I really don't. Um, I hope that in my own mentoring of others, I have not been uh, overpowering or trying to push them into some kind of a corner. The important thing is for the mentor to listen, to feel. Uh, you know, the fellow says, well, boy, one of the deacons really chewed me out. And uh, it'd be easy for me to say, well, you're going to have that happen. No, you're trying to get get rid of it. Feel it. You've got to have that feeling in your heart of what the other person is going through. And I was so, so thrilled. I remember one time stopping to see one of my pastor mentors. And while we were chatting with each other and I was listening to him, his phone rang. And I stopped and... He said, go ahead. I said, what, your phone just rang. He said, I put it there for my convenience, not for theirs. Forget about it. <laughs> I thought, this guy, that, who knows what that is on that telephone? Yeah. Uh, somebody may have died. Who knows? He was kind enough to just devote himself to me for that half hour. Yeah, believe me, it's gotten a lot worse with the advent of cell phones and iPhones and all that. Oh, so. my, oh, my. Someone who desires to be mentor, they realize that they would benefit from it. What what do you look for, and how how do you make it happen? Well, in my case, I was fortunate to be a pastor, and you know, pastors have a special love for each other. I was young. I was I was just learning. These were men who built churches, who won people to Jesus, and and I just went and asked them. I said, look. I'm young, I'm, I, I don't want to waste your time, but can I at certain times call you and get... Absolutely, go right ahead, they said. 
And so that's the way it started. And I, I determined in my own heart I would do the same thing with others, and I have done it. Hmm. What about the, uh, the listener who is not necessarily a pastor, but perhaps is a, some sort of professional or maybe just a dad who wants to be a better father? Uh, mentoring's for them too, right? I think you've hit on a good subject there because there is a great need for this. Uh, I tried to be available. In fact, when I was pastoring, I would go to church early and walk around and talk to people. Uh, they'd be sitting in the, in the chair or the pew and waiting for the service to start, and I'd just walk around and chat with them before the service started. That's when you find things out. They say, well, um, uh, I hate to have to tell you this, but uh, thus and so, and they had a tragedy come into their life. Well, suppose I hadn't asked them. I wouldn't have known. So I said, well, let me stop over and we'll talk about it. And people have been very, very responsive. I remember one time when I was at the Moody Church, I was walking around that large auditorium talking to people, strangers as well as our own people. And I, one lady was sitting way off by herself. And I walked over and talked to her, and I said, don't you want to join the rest of us over here? Young man, she said, I have been sitting here for 22 years. Mm -hmm. And I said, ma'am, you must be awfully hungry by now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that was the end of that. But you get to know people, and then they want to talk to you. It's amazing how many pastors are not available to their people. Hmm. It frightens me. Yeah, that's another point I wanted to talk about is, is the busyness of the age. Um, what advice do you have? Well, you've got to set the time. That's all there is to it. Uh, a, a good church family will provide the helpers that a pastor needs. Uh, in the churches that I've only pastored three churches, but uh, I have noticed that when we are sharing with people and people are sharing with us, we get a lot more done. Uh, I thank God for staff people. I thank God for dedicated deacons and elders because they're helping us get our work done. Mm -hmm. I notice that many churches today have uh, business people on their staff who know how to take care of the things of business because it, it that takes a lot of time. So it should be our goal to free up that pastor so he can uh, minister to, and devote time to people. I think that's true. Um, I, the churches I pastored were very good about uh, giving me time. They wanted me time for study and prayer and, of course, time for helping people. Uh, now, some people are going to be somewhat pesty. I'm sorry about that, but they are. Yeah. Just tell them so. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> you're phoning me about too many things. You're, you're, you're throwing too much on the desk. Let's take it one at a time. Mm -hmm. and, and they're not going to get angry with you. They're going to listen and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Perhaps I should have asked this question early on, but is there a difference between mentoring and discipling? In one sense, yes, because it's one-on-one. -on -one. Jesus had 12 people he was going to train, and he did it. 
And they turned out, except for Judas, they turned out to do a good job. We've got to be very careful in the ministry uh, not to get carried away with uh, too much of this. We have to we have to watch our our time. And uh, I, I used to do my work ahead. I when I was teaching in the seminaries, I I always told the students. When you're in the pastorate, do your work in advance. You know that Christmas is coming. Why do you want to wait till the week before, before you start to do something? You know Thanksgiving's coming and Easter's coming. So I always worked ahead. I learned that from Dr. Perry. And this kept me from falling apart. Yeah, and you had time for people then. Absolutely. And the pastor who doesn't have time for people is going to be the loser because we grow as we teach others. I have learned so much from God's people. Uh, and, it, of course, you have to have confidence. You must not go around telling people what's going on. But uh, when we are mentoring people, we have assignments. I'd say, look, I want you to read Psalm so-and-so. And uh, tell me what it says to you. And then we start there and go into something else. Finally, uh, speak to that one who's listening. Perhaps they are a pastor, perhaps a Christian worker of some kind, or just discouraged about uh, what the Lord is seemingly asking them to do, and they're not getting it done. Just speak to that one who's discouraged today. Well, discouragement is a part of the ministry. I'm sorry. People don't realize it, but Charles Spurgeon, that great preacher, oh, what a preacher he was, uh, he said that there were times when he was so so discouraged that he wanted to quit. Because the devil fights us, and our bodies fight us. You're up early in the morning to pray and to read the Word of God. You're working on messages. Then there's, some, there's a death, and you have a funeral. A funeral can take up a lot of time in a preacher's life, but he wants to be there, and he wants to give comfort. So it's a matter of living a balanced life. This is where my wife was such a help. There were times when when I just didn't see how we could keep going, but she said, no, we're going to pray. God's going to help us. And uh, the officers in the church who were so encouraging. And I had two or three people in each church that I had. I didn't announce this from the pulpit, but they were just two or three people who were very confidential and very spiritual, and I could always call on them. My thanks to Warren Wearsby for letting us call on him for this conversation about mentoring. Several years ago on First Person, Dr. Wearsby told us his life story, and we'll put a link to that interview from our archive in the program notes this week at firstpersoninterview.com. As I mentioned earlier, a special word of thanks to the Far East Broadcasting Company for supporting First Person as we tell the stories of God at work in the world. FEBC takes care to always broadcast in the local language, training staff who can clearly communicate the gospel to their friends and neighbors. Learn more what you can do to support the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company when you visit FirstPersonInterview.com. Once again, that's FirstPersonInterview.com. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. 
Join us again for First Person.